Welcome to Childhood Evolved. I'm your host, Teacher Alex. This podcast is all about continuing to evolve the state of childhood forward. When you look back in history, childhood has become recognized as an important and sacred time relatively recently. In most ways, it has improved by so much, not by accident, but because people who cared have continued to advocate and inspire others to move things along. This is the aim with my podcast. On the show, we'll talk about all things child development preschool, daycare, childcare, parenting, teaching, whatever else comes up. So I just had a request from a parent to talk about the transition from preschool to kindergarten. And it's a perfect time for this right now. Tomorrow's June. And I like to call this period of time spring fever. In fact, I just got through writing an email to the parents of the kids I work with now called spring fever. And in the email, which I do tend to write every year around this time, it always comes up. Because parents have a lot of questions. Why is my child all of a sudden behaving differently or having strong feelings or having bathroom accidents? And so I have to let these parents know that children respond to all these transitions that are happening around them with behaviors. Children's behavior is a real gauge for us in how they're feeling. And we know that when children feel okay, they'll behave okay. It's possible that some of these transitions to us as adults don't feel so huge like moving from a three-year-old classroom to a four-year-old classroom, or even moving on from preschool to transitional kindergarten or kindergarten, or just changing schools outright. And on the other hand, having children move into the school. So maybe they're starting to have play dates or visits or tours, things like that. And your child may be noticing new faces appearing in the environment. So it's this combination of getting ready to say goodbye to possibly many of their friends and the people around them, and getting ready to greet or welcome new children into the environment, and possibly staff as well. That would depend on the school and whatever's going on. But we know that this is a high turnover field, um, early childhood education, preschool, where staff do tend to come and go at a higher rate than in other fields. So it's possible that that's in the mix as well. And on top of that, children may be going home and having older siblings who are talking about or getting ready to move from one classroom to another in elementary school or an older grade. Maybe they're moving schools too. Maybe the other children or the siblings are having feelings and behavior of their own that can affect the child who's in preschool. So all of these different forms of change can be challenging to process for young children, whether they're the oldest getting ready to graduate, whether they're the younger ones who are moving up a classroom or up from one school to another. And even the children who are kind of in the middle who aren't moving, that may actually be one of the hardest roles to take on because their older friends are leaving and these children may feel left behind, asking themselves, why aren't I moving on too? Or when can I move on? And at the same time, they're being asked to welcome new children into their classroom or their community. And they're stepping into a new role, being the older kids, maybe being a little bit of a mentor, things like that. So wherever you find your child in all of these different transitions, they may be showing some behaviors, maybe things that you used to see with your child that you thought were all done and over with, right? And so I always tell parents, regression is a visit to the past, not a permanent stay. 
This is some excellent advice I got from a behavior therapist who came to visit my classroom once. It was really reassuring to me as a teacher because I was questioning myself, like, what am I doing wrong? I had a child who was refusing to clean up, lying on the floor and, and piles of toys and materials, pushing them everywhere, either being silent or making noises. And this was a four-year-old child, and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on at the time. And I felt like I must be doing something wrong or there must be something different I'm supposed to be doing. And what this behavior therapist reassured me is children are just trying on behaviors that used to work. It's a visit to the past. So they haven't lost any progress or lost any of the steps they've taken towards where they're at. They're just kind of visiting there. So it's really important if you notice your child who's getting ready for a transition in their life is exhibiting new behaviors or old behaviors that you thought were done, and especially around food, sleep, and bathroom. Those are the three areas that children will try to control if other things in their life seem out of control to them. So children may suddenly get much pickier about what they'll eat. Maybe there'll be battles over food or they're refusing to eat. We can do a whole episode later on just about food and all of these issues that crop up. Uh, children may have trouble around sleep, nap time, or going to bed at night. They may just become more resistant to their bedtime routine. They may start having dreams. And children may also have accidents where they're trying to hold their pee in and not go to the bathroom as often, which is, again, another form of control, them trying to control what they can in their life. And so we may see any combination of these three things in children when they're trying to get, gain that sense of control and deal with the transitions in their life. And these are just three of the biggest examples, but there can be all kind of different behaviors that crop up at these times. And you have to ask yourself, what is this behavior designed to communicate to me? What are the children, what's your child trying to say? Are they looking for attention? Do they have a strong feeling of anger or fear that they need to express? Do they need reassurance? Are they pushing back, trying to figure out where the boundary is? And so during all of these times, one of the biggest things you can do to help is to maintain your mental status, to know that it's not about you. The children's behavior isn't about you or respect or disrespect or a relationship issue or anything like that. You're not doing anything wrong. And there's nothing wrong with your child. This is just simply the process of life. And it's something that comes up. And it's something that's going to continue to come up throughout childhood. Like I said, it comes up every spring and summer with my parents where they're just bewildered. and They don't understand what's going on with their child. And they're really stressed out maybe too. So don't forget self-care and taking care of yourself and taking a break. Once you can see the whole situation a little bit more clearly... You can let yourself know this too shall pass. It's not going to last forever. We'll get through to the fall or whenever it is that your child kind of settles into their new routine and regulates and all of that. So in the meantime, there's a lot of things that you can do to support your child through these transitions. One of the things I recommend is that you think about the timing really carefully. And this depends on your child specifically, but it's possible to tell children things too early or too late. So too early, I've had parents who find out they're pregnant, they tell the child, okay, so it's like maybe six or seven months to wait. And for this child who's three or four years old that you've just told, they're thinking any day now, maybe even any hour now, this baby's going to show up. So it's way too long for them to dwell on that and start to get anxious about it. And you don't want children to have too much time. You want them to have just enough time to process the information, to kind of take concrete steps towards getting ready to make that transition. You don't want to let them know too late, like, hey, by the way, on a Friday, you're going to go to a new school on Monday. That would be too late. 
for most of these things, usually a week or two, maybe two weeks, maybe even three, is a good amount of time for them to start processing their feelings and getting used to the idea that things are going to be different. And during that time, having these conversations about the new school or the children that are going to be entering their classroom or whatever the change may be. And so during this time, also think about some other concrete steps and things you can do to help your child get used to the idea that this change is coming up. Maybe you go drive by the new school, walk around, spend some time looking at it. The school may have a play date or a day that an open house or something where the, you and the child can come in and explore. Maybe, if you're really lucky, you can even get into the playground or the play yard and spend some time there. Although it seems like nowadays most schools are pretty well walled off and don't allow for outside exploration of their, of their playground. For some children, especially as you get into that last 7 to 10 days, it can help to have something concrete. Uh, calendars can, can be helpful, especially if it's like 7 days and you just draw 7 squares in a row and cross one out each day. It can get pretty overwhelming when you're talking about a month-long calendar, an electronic calendar, anything like that. I'd recommend drawing out five squares or seven squares, maybe even ten. I think ten would be about as many as you'd want to do, and cross out each day. And it's important that the child is the one to cross them out themselves. It's kind of a cathartic experience, and it gives them a little bit of control over what's happening. Or you might want to cut out paper rings and link them together and, and tear one each day. But the fact that the child is the one involved with creating this calendar and the child is the one who's every day taking the action to cross out the day or rip the link or whatever the case may be, this gives them a little bit of control back. And when things are changing all around them, any way you can return them a little bit of control is going to be helpful. Just like when it's the morning time and you have to get dressed, that's not in their control. They got to get dressed. They got to go to school. But you ask them, would you like the red pants or the blue pants? So you give them a little bit of control back, and that can be reassuring. At the same time that this transition's going on, if you can keep other routines the same, keep other things the same as much as possible, you'll be helping yourself out with your stress level and keeping some of these feelings in check. Because I've seen children where they're changing classrooms, and there's a relatively new baby in the family, and there's a new house all of these things going on at the exact same time, the children can kind of respond to that with big behaviors. And again, there's nothing wrong with that either. Maybe you're having a baby and it happens to be summer and you need to move. Nothing wrong with any of that. If it's challenging for the child, it's also going to be an opportunity to stretch them and help them grow a little bit. So even though you're seeing your child get upset, struggle with these transitions and changes going on, it's helpful to them. They're learning how to be resilient and how to push through this stuff and they're developing coping skills. So it's not just something to get through. You can help yourself out by viewing this as a positive learning and development experience as well for your child and for you. And so along those same lines of keeping everything the same, one thing that children might be looking for is that their boundaries and their limits and the follow through remains the same during this time. So sometimes when children are acting out, when they're running away from you, refusing to do something you're asking them to do, like clean up, put pants on, whatever, they're actually looking for that boundary and they need to find that it's still there and it can help them feel safe and secure. I can't tell you how many times I've had a new child in my class or I'm new to the classroom or whatever, and it's like these children need to test you. They need to run away or throw something and they just have to see what you're going to do 
And once you hold your boundary firm, and they cry and they tantrum and all of that, but once you hold the line, then that child has formed kind of an attachment to you. And then so they're seeking you out, right? They want to be in your lap and, and things like that. All of a sudden, after you've had these power struggles, or we try to avoid it actually being a power struggle if you just let the child work through and hold your boundary. But that's basically what it is we're talking about here. So if you see this coming up, try to keep things the same because it's not going to be supporting your child to let them get away with a little bit more or to be a little more lenient on things than you would have been before. Although this is something you also have to kind of feel out and see what's going to work for your child and your family as well. Because being a little more sensitive and giving your child those extra hugs or that extra time in your lap can be supportive and helpful at this time. So you kind of have to kind of find that balance where you're keeping things the same, you're keeping your boundaries clear and following through as always, and at the same time giving your child that little bit of extra love and support that they need to kind of weather this challenging time. And to remember that it, it really is challenging for them, even if it seems like it's not that big a deal, and even if they're not exhibiting these behaviors, maybe they're actually getting quieter, or you're not seeing any outward signs that they're struggling, you kind of want to think maybe they still are, because this is a big deal for children. And if you're talking about a four or five-year-old that's been in a school for two or three years, that's such a huge portion of their life, and that's pretty much all the time that they have a memory of. So to them, it's their whole life, and it's where they spend a huge bulk of their time, and it's all going to change, and they have kind of no idea what that's going to look like. Even with the visiting and the transitioning and getting ready, they still don't know what that's going to look like until they're there on their first day transitioning in. And so we'll do a few more episodes on this topic, maybe in the middle of the summer. We'll do some episodes around the first day of school and adjusting in and transitioning and forming the new relationship with the teacher and all of that. We'll kind of save that for when it gets closer. But in the meantime, if you feel like you could use a little bit of support with how to talk with your child in a way that's supporting them emotionally, helping them regulate, and helping them go, I would recommend a great book that I read when I was a brand new teacher called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And it's by Adele Farber, and I will put a link to that in the show notes so that you can go ahead and look that up if you want. It's a pretty easy-to-read book. They use a lot of comics, cartoons, if I remember correctly, and kind of break everything down in a way that you can substitute a word here and there and just change these little subtle things that can actually have a big impact on the conversation or the dialogue you're having with your child. So I'd recommend checking that out if you feel like you could use a little bit of support in that area. Something else that I want to touch on is camps and how to know which summer camps are the best for your child. So my sense has always been that the camps that are going to provide the most benefit for your child in terms of acclimating are the ones that the school, the new school is running for the children just to get used to the new school, to get to know the teachers and meet some friends, get to know the grounds and things like that, and just be in a place that's different than what they're used to. So I would recommend that you take the most advantage you can of those camps if the school you're transitioning into offers one. A lot of times preschool programs will run their own camp, and I think this is really can often just be the school extending their program for a few more weeks, and, and they want to keep their enrollment numbers up, and they need to pay their bills and pay their staff for the summer. And if it's a strong preschool program that you're happy with, there's really, of course, nothing wrong with spending a few more weeks there. And some of these preschools will do field trips and go out into the city and 
things like that, depending on where you are. So those can be good too. I would really weigh those against the school that you're transitioning into and see if you can take advantage of that as well. And there's a lot of other camps out there to look into. There's science camps and art camps, drama camps. I kind of have a background of being out in the woods at what I'd call a real summer camp, meaning there's miles and miles of hiking trails and a waterfall and a lake. And once you're old enough, you get to stay overnight. And those experiences, I think, are just irreplaceable for, for children of all ages. So if you have an opportunity to go out into the woods, out into nature, I would definitely recommend that you look into that as much as you can. And I would say children need a little bit of downtime and, and space. So really think about the balance that you're going to give your child over the summer. Do they need to learn programming or, or robotics or how to act or music or any of that? And maybe you're, you have a child that needs a lot of stimulation and growth and that is going to support them. But maybe your child's a little more sensitive and could really use some downtime at a camp where they're just going to be allowed to play, play with friends and have fun. And maybe that is going to be a camp or a program that's offered by your existing preschool or childcare. And maybe there's something else out there that you can look into. So really, at the end of the day, just bringing intentional thinking to the process, asking yourself what's going to best support your child and knowing that every program kind of has their own angle. Preschool's going to want to keep the kids as long as they can, continue to make money, all of that. And the new school is going to want to get their kids in and on board with their program as fast as they can. So you're really the one that's the advocate for your child who has to make the decision. And just follow your gut on it, and you'll know really what the best decision is for your child and just kind of have to go with that. And so as you talk about the transition that's coming up and talk about the new school, it's important that you kind of are available to draw out your child's feelings to support them. And I know in my position as a teacher, we try to wait as long as we can without bringing it up. And in fact, I don't think I've ever had to bring it up, the fact that there's going to be a transition or graduation, because children themselves will start talking. They've been visiting schools and maybe attending orientations and things like that, and maybe their parents have been talking to them at home. So it always seems like one or two children start to talk in our circle time, and it becomes a bigger conversation. And then as the teaching staff, we find ways to support the children. So we'll pull out a big piece of paper and make a map so they can map out where all their friends are going to be. We have conversations about if they're still going to come back and visit us someday. And on that, on that topic, it can be better to wait a few months, maybe even like six months or longer before you return for a visit to your school, the previous school, just because you really want them to solidify their place in their new environment and feel comfortable there. And that way, when they come back to visit their old friends, their old teachers, they really know this is a visit. This is where I used to go and I'm, I'm good. I'm comfortable in my new environment and they can enjoy it in that way. It can be a little tricky if they're starting to visit right away, a week or a month later, just because they miss those teachers or those children or the school itself. So that's all for today. We'll do another episode maybe halfway through the summer to talk about a few more of these issues and how to support children through the transitions. And then we'll do at least one episode, maybe more at the beginning of the new school year, talking about how to transition in, how to form the relationship with the new environment and the new teachers and, and all of that. So Look for that, 
in August or so. And thanks for sticking with me today. See you next time.